When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Pablo Francisco cracks up the DC comedy loft in Washington, DC this Thursday through Saturday. We spoke about his prolific comedy career from Mad TV to famously spoofing movie trailers. Pablo Francisco, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Absolutely, man. How's the weather over there? We're doing all right. It was, a, you know, it was a little, a little cold yesterday, but mo- for the most part, spring is spring is here. Thank God. It's been, it's been uh, a, a rough man. It's been a rough couple of years now. I think about it with the pandemic and now yeah. there's war overseas. I mean, I couldn't think of a better time for comedy. And you're coming um, to Washington D.C. at the D.C. Comedy Loft, uh, March 24th through the 26th. How, how you been living, man? The last couple of years have just been like an alternate reality. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a kind of like a weird nightmare. First, it was the, the, it was the. Corona, then the COVID nineteen, and then it went to to uh, was it corrupt? Was it the Omicron or something like that? It was, was Del- There was Delta, then it was Omicron. There's a Delta. new variant every couple of weeks. Yeah, Omicron. Whatever. It sounds like a it sounds like a Transformers STD. Like, oh my god, I got Omicron. This is crazy. <laughs> Good Lord. You just slipped into, uh, you know, your famous uh, movie trailer voice, movie guy uh, voice. Uh, uh, how would how would the movie trailer guy describe the last two years? <laughs> Get ready! This summer it has misery written all over it. That's right, it grabs you, <laughs> then it holds you hostage. Starring Keanu Reeves. Whoa, that's it. I would probably do that. Whoa, and Mark Wahlberg. Hey man, you got Delta? You got Omicron? Huh? You doing good? You're doing good Boom. this summer. Get ready. It's Omicron Delta Corona 2 virus. Boom. Coming to a theater near you. Maybe. Yeah. Give me that. That. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Well, I would love to hear how you came up with that whole thing. But uh, in terms of but for our listener purposes, I'd love to move a little bit more chronologically through your life. Then we'll get to that point. So tell me where you grew uh, up. You were in. Um, was it born in Tucson, Arizona? Tucson, Arizona. And then. uh hung out there for a while and then um you know phoenix arizona was like you know 100 miles away so i basically was going back and forth they had a comedy club up there the improv and then they had the laughs comedy club up in tucson which was a great club because every single week i was like 18 years old the the owner there gary Bynum, was bringing in the best headliners i mean back then it was tim allen and bobcat goldfish every week was you know, just come on in and just you know check out a show and I, and I would go there and every week would be everybody I would see on TV. It was just, it was just like I saw you know Tim Allen when he went there in the beginning and then every week was just a great round you know round of guys coming in. I was like couldn't believe how how lucky I was to be in that, that club and have him, you know I go there for free and he's like, come on in just check out a club you know check out a comic and then, and then sometimes I'd go out and party with him and it was it was beautiful. So uh, I was going I grew up there and then I uh, found out that. Um, 
then Paulie Shore came into town and uh, I didn't have MTV at the time. So I didn't know who he was, but I opened up for him at the University of Arizona. It was rocking. And I said, is there a school for this? You know, there's no school for comedies. You, you're basically your own kind of guy. You got connections. And it was just basically, you know, seeing these clubs, but you know, where do you go? You know, is there a university or a class to take them? No. So I just basically uh, worked it from there and then jumped back and forth to uh, Los Angeles. And that's how, I, that's how it all happened. It was, all, it was a beautiful thing. Awesome. Thanks for stepping walking us through that. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people forget how huge a deal Tim Tim Allen was on the comedy scene back. I mean, you think of Home Improvement and the Santa Claus and Toy Story, et cetera, et cetera. But man, back like those early you know, uh, grunting comedy acts are were hilarious. Oh, yeah. And, he, and when he comes into he had his manager with him and his manager sitting at the bar. And I didn't know who he was at the time, Rick Messina. And he was talking to all the waiters. He goes, you see this guy here? We're working on a theme, a theme for me. It's, it's going to be about tools. And I was going, all right. And right after he, he played me about three weeks after he made it big, then everybody started coming out with a, a theme. You know, they had all, uh, Roseanne Barr, after Roseanne Barr had a theme, you know, on the housewife. And then you had, uh, you had all these other guys coming out. And then Get Her Done, uh, Larry the Cable Guy. So everyone was coming out with it. A, a little yeah something like that so it was really fun to watch and it was so funny watching comics trying to come up with okay i want to try uh you know you just want to get it done or like people like bill ingville and all them were jump, all getting together and watching those guys it just come together and getting to know them and see them at the radio stations and stuff was so cool and uh, just hooking up with cool writers it, it was a beautiful it's a beautiful community it's small but mighty it's great well, yeah, for sure. Now, were, were, were you know, you or any of your, you know, surrounding folks, agents or anything trying to get you to do a theme back then? I mean, this is this is long before a movie trailer guy. Yeah, you know, I was thinking but at the time I was thinking about doing it, but everybody was doing it at the same time. So it looked kind of like obvious, you know, and, you know, people were like spawning off of Roseanne Barr. And you meet a girl who's just like Roseanne Barr. And then you had the Latino guys. I'm Latino. Maybe we do it forever. That kind of thing. So I just go, you know, I'm just going to keep it, you know, universal like that. But yeah. We did have like uh, my friend goes, you know, you should you should do a theme called Naked. I see everything naked and take a bumper sticker. Or my friend Ron Morgan said, put it behind, sell your bumper stickers after the show. And you say, hey man, I my kid would go was a top graduate at this high school. Then you put naked under it. So it was, that was kind of stupid, but yeah, everyone had their little themes. But back then it was like if you can come out with a great closer because usually the comics had a good act. You go through their act, and then they, everyone had like a strong closer. So everybody was uh, working on that. And some people had music at the very end, but I said, I'm not going to put no music to my stuff. No, not yet. I'm going to try to make it organic and just come out like that. But just meeting, you meet comics like Mark Brazil. He was this guy there. And I remember he was, uh, he was a comic. And I, and I was, you know, we go out and party. And, and uh, when I left him, when he was leaving the airport, when he dropped him off the airport, he was, you know what? You're not going to see me again. I'm going to write, I got a show idea. And it happened to be that 70s show. And uh, it just exploded. And I just recently saw him at the improv and I go, what are you doing here? And he goes, I came to see you. And we were both talking about what, you know, what the last time we saw each other. And uh, it was so funny because we did a prison together just when he were, they had us go to a prison to do a show. And I remember he goes, man, I'm going to cut off, cut this comedy business off for a while. I've been doing this for 20 years. How long have you been doing it? Probably go, man, I've been doing it for like seven. And next thing you know, boom, that's 70. It's always cool seeing a comic going, I got an idea. I got a film idea. So you'd see comics that make 250 bucks a week, right? All of a sudden, two weeks later, boom, they write a movie and it's a million dollars. And and it's so cool to see them. You'll be you're coming out on, on their boats. Hey man, it's about a boat. And I was like, well, that's hilarious. Just, it, it was, it, anybody who had an idea of just generating uh, sitcoms and you know and I you know put mine together I get my I got my development deal and it, it was back then it was like did you get your development deal yet did you get your development deal yet 
and it was just watching comedians go on stage for eight minutes and people just give them money. Okay, here's a hundred grand. Here's 75,000. And I go, well, I'm going to have to get mine, you know, so I went in there and scooped up my money, but it was uh, so much fun with, you know, the networks were coming out and, and you had VH1 and everyone's trying to get on VH1 and E, Hollywood stories and that kind of stuff. So cable was great. It was just, it was just rocking. It's still, it's still going now, but it's a little bit different now. Things change, but it's fun. So wait, reminder, listen, what you said, what was your development deal? What was your I got a development? Mine was called Pablo. It's called Phoenix Auxiliary Biological Officer. And basically it was the producers of, one of the producers of, uh, of uh, The Simpsons. And what you do, what they do is they, you, you go to these uh, showcases, right? And they'll have like 10 comics on. And in there you have Warner Brothers and you have um, with TriStar. And uh, you see these guys and they're giving out money to hold you. So I got mine for, you know, like it was a good cash, good, good chunk. And um, sometimes they'll, do, they'll go, hey, man, we want we want you for 30 grand. You're like, oh, my, yeah, I'll take it. But your manager will go, no, 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 well, no, no, can't be that. It has to be higher. And when you get these development deals, next thing you know, you get the calls from your manager. Go, go to them, go to our office. Here's some writers from this show. And some writers hear about it. They'll be working on Roseanne Barr and they go, hey, wait, there's a kid who has a development deal. OK, and they present their idea to you. And this was Phoenix, you know, artificial biological law officer. And it was like a Mork and Mindy kind of thing. You know, a kid who grew up watching television and and, you know, was, was diverse and, you know, using his life because he came from another country and he started using these voices by watching TV. And it was and just watching these guys. But it didn't go through. And then you get other ones for TV shows. And then uh, it was funny because. Uh, Matt TV was was out and Artie Lang took off, you know, he was, so they had me fill in for him and I was going, all right, you know, I left home about seven weeks ago, you know, being a Domino's pizza driver, which was fun, but I was like going, you know what, I'm, and, and next thing you know, you, you, you submit your stuff, you know, and you just get a little aggressive and you get commercials and stuff, and I started writing a few commercials and and uh, writing for uh, you know, Coca-Cola and then got a job writing for NFL Films for a year and that was incredible, so it's uh, it was just you know my dad my my dad saw me and he just goes you know what you know I don't know what this comedy business is about but you know what you need to get out of this house you need to do something with your life and uh, you know kick me out of the house right but like five weeks later I come back hey what's happening you know he thought I was a drug dealer I go hey <laughs> what happened to you and I go oh, wrote this commercial I got this and he didn't believe me at all and uh, I was pulling out and I had a Corvette I still got it but he was pulling out my Corvette and he goes hey you know what how much drugs do you have to sell for that and I go. Hey, George, I'm going to the Marriott. I'm not staying here at the house. You guys don't got to go cable. And then he started realizing, okay, wow, I didn't agree yeah, that. I do. When he told me this, he goes, hey, I got some bad news for you. And I go, what? He goes, there's a, there's a woman on uh, Channel 11, uh, Fox, the, the network. She does a Matt TV. She's doing your stuff. And I went, dad, that's me. I'm the, I'm the Mexican girl. And he goes, he goes, oh, what? Yeah, so it was funny. It was funny like that. So Wait, he really, he really, is that a true story? Or that's a true did, story, man. He right? saw your Mad TV bit and thought it was someone else. Yeah, he goes, there's a, yeah, because I was doing a, I told my, I told my work on the set last sweeping when he came out of the house and I'm backing out my car and he goes, you wear your seatbelt, and listen, I got some bad news for you. And I go, what's that? He goes, there's a woman doing your stuff. And I go, that's me. And it's just watching his face as I drive away. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, then after a while, he uh, was in, actually we're in Washington. I flew up to Washington a few times. And we're at the Mayflower and he just goes, I got to hand it to you. I'm so sorry. I, I never backed you up. I never, I thought this was, a, I had no idea. And I said, well, dad, you know, it's, it's, it's happens like that because, you know, I was coming home drunk and, you know, you know, when you come home drunk, hey, I'm a star, I'll get on stage. And my dad, yeah, right. You know, they don't it understand off. it. So. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, sleep it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get up here, get your ass. Oh, yeah, good boy. My dad would say, here's Pablo. One time I came home, really smashed one time. You know, I thought they went to Chile. You know, so I go, oh, they're out of town. So I started partying. And I, and I came home and it was my birthday. And they were, happy birthday. It was <laughs> that birthday party turned into like an intervention. What's wrong with you? Oh, this is my son, the big star. He, he gets on stages. Ooh, I hear you. It was so funny. <laughs> well, but at the time it wasn't. But, you know, I could understand, you know, he was, he was kind of nervous. I don't know what you were doing with your life. You'd be driving pizzas and coming home with, you know, dark circles under your eyes and telling us that you're like, oh, okay, I, yeah, I totally get it. So it, uh, yeah, it kind of changed things but uh you know i met i met some good people and if you see some people doing what you want to do you just got to ask them or you know make sure you you know just say what's up and you know i had a great manager he just goes what do you want to do and i just go i'm gonna work with the clubs for a few years and then we'll hit a little bit of tv here and a little bit of that but it's been it's been fantastic you know just got to budget your money that is great. That is good stuff, man. Wait, so uh, you're, you mentioned your dad. So like once once he did actually come around and realize, oh, wow, my son is actually he's made a career of this. Once he did realize that, did he does he have like a favorite bit you do? Is there like a certain joke either uh-huh. about either about him or, or anything that breaks him up so much? Uh, yeah, he would, uh, you know, um, it was so funny because I go, well, you got to come to the show. I told my dad, one thing, when I was started comedy, I said, I'm not going to tell my friends. They're going to have to hear about it. You know, a lot of people like to bring their friends. So he goes, I go, I'm doing a show. And he goes, oh, yeah. And I go, yeah. So he uh, comes to my show and uh, he goes, he goes, you know, when you start talking and you bring my name up, I get really nervous. I mean, I don't know what to say. And I go, uh, here's a, it was a friend of mine, one of the comics there. And he, he instead of doing comedy, he became a porno star. So he's telling, he's sitting with my dad the whole time, right? And I'm doing my show, and my dad goes, who's this guy sitting next to you all day? He was really nice, but he said he does pornographic movies. And I go, yeah, is this what this business is about? You do comedy, then pornographic? I go, no, dad. I go, but I could, ju- I could just see that, you know, my dad goes, hey, son, <laughs> so you're doing movies now. Uh, well, the dog next door can do the same thing. So my dad, <laughs> he goes, here's a joke. I like probably because belt buckle, the Latinos keep wearing the big belt buckle, right? He goes, you know what? He goes, maybe those, those Mexican cowboys can really dance good if the heat from the sun burns their belt buckle and they start doing that. And that, that <laughs> I thought was funny. So that's his favorite joke. His favorite joke basically is, uh, you know what? I don't think he has a favorite joke. He just goes all the time. You just bring my name up. So I kind of, oh yeah, my name is George. That's, that's the bit he likes. Like, because he always, my name is George. My name is George, not Jorge. It's George. We're in America. There'll be no Spanish in this house. That kind of thing. And I always make fun of him doing that. I am George. Not Jorge, not, not George. So he now he's back. To, now he changed it back to Jorge now. So after all these years, so he's, <laughs> He it's alternates kind of from George to Jorge, depending. Yeah, on the, <laughs> the American way, the, the Latino way. I go, Dad, you, you, I go, Dad, you're not the Home Depot Latino. You're like the uh, Lowe's kind of, like you know, the one hangs out at Lowe's. Got to look white. You know, he's like, what? But there you go. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm sure he's really proud of you. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's cool, you know. But you know, I was doing these church's chicken commercials. I was writing these commercials up. And he goes, you know what? Every morning I go to work, uh, my fr- I see your, I guess it was the, the commercials were timed out just perfectly. So when he went to the commissary at his work at the university, he, my, my commercial would come on. He goes, I see you. I can't believe that you're in a chicken suit. I go, yeah, well, yeah. And he goes, well, I, I, I thought it was a joke, but okay. So you're really making money doing this. I go, yeah, that's, you know, that's the way it goes. But uh, I paid some of my bills off for him. You know, so I wrecked the car a few times in high school and I go here, here's for the car. Sorry about that. That kind of stuff. So 
Wow, wow. Well, that's freaking great. Well, how many, um, you mentioned Mad TV, but, um, you know, the, the one bit that your dad thought you were, you know, were, were ripping off of yourself. But <laughs> um, well, any other memories of that show? I mean, that that was such a, I mean, everyone talked oh, about right. SNL and, but I mean, Kids in the Hall, Mad TV, and Living Color, like, that was like a golden age of sketch. Yeah, that was, you know what, that you're right about that. You got, yeah, you're definitely right. Because, uh, you had the cops, the TV show too. That was kind of like a, you know, you get the kids in the hall and stuff, but cops would always come back. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, when they asked me to do that show, they said, uh, you know, I was watching it and I noticed that the writing was so good. I mean, it really kicked ass. And then they asked me to come in there and they said, they told me about Artie. They already got a movie deal and he's going to leave for the next like seven episodes. Would you like to join? And I said, yeah, I'd like to go in there and uh, talk about a, a, you know, a powerhouse of great writers. I mean, that Patton Oswell was on the team and and just uh, it, it just watching Orlando Jones was a writer and producer and you had uh, Callan and Nicole and all them. And I was up on doing that. It was great because you go to you go to Warner Brothers Studios and every week is somebody different. So it's like a usually Mark Hamill would be there or, or Ike Turner. And I, I saw Ike Turner dancing on his Mercedes Benz. I go, is that Ike Turner? And go, yeah. And every week would always be someone cool to hang out with. And uh, it was, um, you know, when I did that, I got offered to do another show. It was called blue collar TV. I, I couldn't do that because I was still stuck in this, in this little contract. But other than that, you know, I would just go in there and go, I'll be that kind of guy who just, you know, you know, I will look for a show and uh, it was really great. I mean, it seems like yesterday, it was like 20 years ago, but you know, just watching and then watching uh, Callen, uh, he was, he wanted to be a comic and uh, he was, can you give me some pointers? I gave him a few pointers. And within two weeks, he was on Letterman. I go, gosh, these guys, some of these actors are just incredible how they can just morph into it. So uh, it was fun. And then we're just, right now we have other development things working on. So I said, all right, it's streaming and stuff. It's, it's really crazy. What's it called? Hulu, all these weird, uh, uh, yeah, Loop TBS Hulu and, and Quack Quacks. And I was just going, man, there's, it's all crazy. All these crazy networks, you know, Hercules and all your favorite Disney characters. You're like, all right, who am I going to be? How many cartoons are coming out? And it's it's beautiful. So if anybody out there says you want to be an actor, you got plenty of room to go in there because there's all kinds of networks and and you'll never know. There, you'll be a star and people still won't recognize you. It's crazy. <laughs> awesome. Tell me about touring with the uh, Carlos Mitzi and Freddie Soda. The what'd you call it? The Three Amigos tour. Yeah, Freddie. Uh, Carlos came up to me one day and was, "Hey, would you want to go on tour? Don't be stupid." I went, well, "Don't be stupid. You say yes because I just asked that guy over there." He said no. And I asked Willie Barcena. He said no. How'd you, I want you to be smart. And you know what? I go, yeah, I'll do it. He goes, and you're going to learn. You're going to learn from me. I love you. He was so cocky. We toured for three. And then Freddie was there. And Freddie, we all start touring together. And the first thing Freddie does, he tells me, I go, I go, man, Carlos, man, he does like five hour shows. I mean, he would not get off stage. I mean, there'd be like 5,000 people. And he would take these shows, just talk and just do his comedy. And, and uh, Freddie still goes, I, wanna, I just want to see if he's doing other people's stuff. Like, okay, I'm all right. So we traveled for 36 months. Uh, no, at 36 months, I hung out with him maybe 32 months out of that every single day. And, you know, they, they talk about him being a, a hack, but I've never, ever seen him do that. And he was always writing and he would always, he was, and you know what? He was cocky, but I learned a lot from him because he was testing me here and there. And, you know, he would. I would I would sell DVDs at his table and he would have his brothers like snag about 15 of them and then he would go oh, yeah how much uh, DVDs do you have left I go I don't know and, and uh, I, I, I trust you guys you doesn't sell it and his brother goes uh, he goes how much CD I was walking right behind him his brother goes yeah I sold the DVDs he goes listen if he doesn't ask you how much money then you know what take take a few hundred bucks keep it in your pocket and I go okay 
I just heard that. He goes, hey, hey, listen, if you notice, you're smart. If you're not, you're stupid. You got to learn. And I went, all right. And uh, when I would watch him, he was, he was, I mean, I'll tell you the truth, man. I would never, I've never, I've seen incredible shows this guy's done. And, you know, especially when the buildings went down back then. And he was, to this day, you know, phenomenal comic. I mean, really, really good. You know, I see Joe Rogan talks about it. And I saw the footage on YouTube and I just go, everyone needs to ask themselves this. Where I go, what got Carlos on that stage to watch, to have that? Done? I don't know if you've seen the footage of that, um, whatever, Joe Rogan goes after him. But it, he was, uh, to this day, man, I just talked to him, just finally talked to him on the phone. And uh, we haven't seen each other like in 15 years. But touring with him, I got to tell you, man, it, it, it was the most funniest thing because... Um, he, he, go, he got us a movie. We did a movie with Merrimax and he would just, everything he said would come true, but he was so, he was just outrageously hilarious and he was very, very good with his, uh, his, his business. And I learned a lot from that guy. And uh, I'd like to go on tour with him again or something because he just, it's fun. He's just so much fun. Well, maybe it'll happen. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But um, awesome. Well, how we sort of full circle, how, to, how we started the interview, how did you, when did the movie trailer guy thing come up? I mean, how oh. do you, were you like watching, were you in the theater watching one or see a commercial on TV or something? And you're like, boom, that's cool. Okay. Uh, Kevin James uh, just got Star Search. So we're in Vegas together and I was opening up for him. And I kept on going, uh, one man, one desire. And he, was, he grabs me and goes, you know what, you need to start doing more of that. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, he started doing that. And then Frank Caliendo was doing it. So I, you know, I, I talked to Frank and then Frank goes, well, I do movie guy. You do movie man. I go, well, you know, and I go, they're going to get us confused. He goes, only one. And then he started getting us confused. So uh, Frank Kelly Andrew goes, hey, uh, I got this TV show. If you guys, if you've ever seen it, it's called Frank TV. You probably yeah, see the And uh, so I went, he, what a nice guy. He goes, why don't you come on down here? We're doing the three tenadors of movie guys. So I go down there and there's Don LaFontaine. And I just looked at him and I go, hey, what's up? And uh, they said, we're going to be delayed five hours. So you got five hours to kill. So that guy, Don, goes, hey, how about you come to my house? I went, all right. So I jump in his car and we're driving. And he pulls up and, and uh, he opens the door and there's this big crystal table. And he goes, that's my Superman table. That's my table of solitude. Now, come on in here. And I just go, all right. And I go, what am I going to do for five hours talking to this guy? <laughs> and he goes, you know, so and he had these pictures, just like if you go to a haunted house in Disneyland, they have these these pictures that look at you, like they kind of they turn their heads. I look at it and he goes, I tell you what. And uh, he has this elevator that goes to his room. He sits down there with a bottle of kettle and he's with like someone that goes, I go, okay, I've been in rehab, but you know. And uh, first thing he says, he goes, you know what causes uh, a lot of bad relationships? And I go, what is that? And he goes, it's finances. And then his beautiful wife walks by and he looks at her and goes, we haven't argued in over 25 years. It's finances. Now let's go downstairs and let's do some voiceover. And I went, all right. So we go downstairs and he has his office, right? And it's like this badass in down there. And we sit down and he goes, I do three of these a day and I live like a king. So I go, all right. And they go, Don, uh, you have here, it's coming in from uh, CBS. And he goes, excuse me. And he goes, get ready. This summer, it's Keith Sutherland. And with the, whatever the show he was doing, I go, I look at him and go, well, and I never would ask him, he can't do my voice. And we sit there and then he takes me around his house and he pulls out uh, Oh, this is my first movie, and I was doing this. And then he goes, we need to work on your voice. And I went, all right. And uh, as we were talking and doing this, 
he just goes, uh, he, he, he goes, he goes, he picks out a camera. And he goes, okay, now I want to take a picture of you because I always wanted someone to do me and you do me better than I do me. And, and it was like a good meeting. It was really cool. I got to tell Frank, I mean, that whole hangout stuff, hanging out with him. And we started becoming friends and he goes, hey, have you ever watched Family Guy? And I went, yeah. And he goes, you know, that guy, Seth McFarland. I go, yeah. And he goes, he has a smile on his face every day. And I went, really? He goes, yep. And we, uh, and then he passed away, you know, and we were talking about two days before it happened. And he goes, they go, they probably came out with these studios now. And it's Don LaFontaine Studios in New York. And you were invited. You're the one to speak for him when you, because you know, I guess we, we've made a great connection. And I go, really? And just the day I was going to do it, I did Howard Stern. So they were still cool. But when you meet some of these voiceover guys, you got that one guy who does, it's the new, he sounds like Casey Kasem, but he's like, get ready, Disney, with your all favorite Disney characters. And then he'll do like commercials. And he, they sound like that in real life. And they're all, hi, Pablo, good to meet you. All right, now you begin to nice for free. He's like, all right, I got you. And meeting all these guys was is incredible. And he gave me his, uh, he gave me a whisper studio. I got to my house and some guys building a studio in my house. And he had to give me this uh, HDM, not his, it's, it's, it's give me this, his old, recording stuff right and it was, it's in my house right now and i look at what well, is where he's all the movie previews so and he put it there and uh, his wife called me when i used to call him like every week but it, uh, i never and then they asked me if i want to do some voice or i said no, i don't want to step into that zone right now and take over like like hey i'm the guy and i thought it was a good move and from that point on we started sort of just doing voiceovers here and there for this in that are you this this so universal pictures those kind of things and now it's it's starting to pick up great. So I'm activating the studio and we'll rock and roll. Wow. That, I had no idea that you actually forged, you know, such a friendship with the actual guy. With yeah, Alan, dude. A really good guy. Yeah, he was like, anytime you need me, just let me know. And I was like, all right. So I would call him sometimes at nighttime and when I was in Europe and it was the time the time zones were off. So sometimes I get him up at three in the morning. Hi, Pablo, I'm sleeping, but that's okay. What's going on? <laughs> and uh, he would... Uh, he loved Frank, and, and he, he would look at Frank's, uh, we were backstage, he's like, boy, he's good, boy, he's great, he's fantastic. I mean, yeah, man, just excellent, uh, you know, Frank Caliendo, God bless him, he's so super cool. So meeting love him. Frank. Love Frank. Great guy. So it, it all worked out, too. It just, you know, I, I was meeting a friend of mine. When I met Don, he was like a guy that treated me better than my dad. You know, he treated me equal, cool dude. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from him. He had kids with him, too. And you pick up, we picked up the kids from school. And <laughs> he goes, did you go out there and play? Yeah, Daddy. And, well, you know what? you got to stop playing like a girl. It was so hilarious the way he talked to the kids. So here we are. <laughs> they were doing, you know, so uh, I miss him dearly, man. He was a, a good guy. And I just, you know, he's just, uh, it was really cool hanging out for those three hours in that studio. And, and he, he was, uh, he would he point at someone, did you see that right there? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I invented that. You invented it. He goes, yeah. And I, it was a. A shelf that goes in between your spaces in between your 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 kitchen cabinet or something you pull out and go, i invented that i did this and i did that I was like, whoa i didn't know that all that voiceover for that you know wow so like another father figure kind of a thing you're like hey yeah, yeah. You're like you're like hey don he's like call me george <laughs> <laughs> call me Jorge. Jorge. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, that's really cool. But all right. So that's like how the, the idea sparked. But like, when when did you like start? There must have been a moment where you're like trying it out on live audiences and you realize like, oh, my God, like they're, they're, oh, yeah. they're eating this up. This is going to I'm going to take this on the Tonight Show. I'm going to ride this thing. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, the thing was first it started. It, yeah, we had to keep on. Kevin James would go, no, you're not doing it. You, I said, come on, you're going to do more. 
So when I was, we got off stage, he goes, he goes, he goes get ready, one man. And so it was first it starts off, are you ready? Are you ready? And then you got to just work on each word and really, you really got to focus on each one because when I was doing it for uh, Subaru, right? You know, I was going, get ready. It's a new Subaru XT5. And I'm thinking something else. And those guys know it. They're like, Pablo, you got to put more, put more, make, make the, make Subaru a little bit more gravelly, gravelly. Okay. Not happy, not happy, happy. That's happy, gravelly. And uh, it's so, it's, yeah, it was watching that thing. I forgot two or three sentences down, you know, to go along with it, but it's just the breathing patterns of it, but it'll rip your voice up, but not anymore. I, I got it. I think I got a callus down there with a cigarette butt in there that just helps it out just right. I mean, you're, you're so synonymous with that now. Like, I mean, everyone, you know, Jeff Foxworthy is, you might be a redneck link, you know, and, 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 and <laughs> you, it's sort of your, it's sort of your schnick or get her done. You mentioned Larry, the cable guy, like it's, 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 is it, is it like a double-edged sword? Is it like everybody knows you for that? So yeah, it brought me to the dance. So I'm going to be grateful for it. But at the same time, you're like, I, I do other stuff too. It, do you ever find that? Or are you mostly just like, Hey, I'm grateful for whatever it is. Oh yeah. I'm totally grateful for that. It's, it's kind of funny when you, when you watch, uh, you know, you hear about uh, these, um, how do you call it? Uh, when someone says something popular, like uh, there's like porno music. When you say, when you mention porno music, it goes, bow, chicka, bow, bow, right? right? Well, that's, that's Jordan Brady. That guy that started off in, in on star search and people saw it. It just got all over the world, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, I was in, uh, I was in Romania. And uh, I landed there and uh, I get there and the guys go, yeah, we want you to uh, do a show. Pablo, you're the first comedian ever here in Romania. And I went, I'm the first one. Yeah, and they go, one man, one way. And I went up there on stage and everybody, you know, when you're in Romania, every, I mean, everybody has mustaches, even the kids. So I was like, all right. And uh, everybody, everyone's going, one man, one way, one man, one way. And it's just so funny. I go, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I, I don't I want to be one of those guys, man. Come on, man. They just know me because I go one desire. Man, I hate that. I'll go, no, I'll, I'll take it. It's, it's fun. Great. It's great. There we go. Mm. Thanks, man. <laughs> one man. One well, man. I, <laughs> I appreciate you being one man taking all this time. We've talked for like a half hour. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, before, before we run, um, he does other voices. It's not just Don, the, the movie guy. Um, We're working on some new ones. It's yeah, kind of yeah, a, yeah. Well, uh, is, is Arnold there? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let me tell you, okay? You know, if everyone does a, everybody does an Arnold Schwarzenegger joke. So what you have to do is like, you got to change it up and go, you know what? When Arnold Schwarzenegger gets romantic. What did he say to me? I love the explosions in your eyes, the way the missiles go into your eyes, they blow up. The, uh, you, you have to get to get to Mars, you know, or you're having, having sex. Oh, there you go. Ah, ah, yeah. Okay, I'm done. Okay, listen, hold your stomach in the end. You know, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's the baby. Okay, that's a little yeah. Celebrity <laughs> working on celebrity babies. I people go, you should do celebrity babies. I go, okay, what Jay Leno's a baby. <laughs> so you know, the Arnold Sports, you know, you know, the governor, whatever, you know. But uh it's yeah, it's funny. My, a friend of mine just ran into Arnold Schwarzenegger up in up in uh Greece. He was at a restaurant and he was right next to him. He's, it was kind of strange, you know, but he just, he's like, hello, nice to meet you. Leave me alone. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Arnold working on that guy. Hola, como estas? Soy Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, to stay, you still get together, maybe a little tortillas, that kind of thing. It's, I love it. I love doing it. And people out there are cool. But there's so many people doing Arnold. So you just got to switch it up and kind of make it a little different and you know, have your own edge to it. You, you, uh, he was everyone used to know him as the Terminator. Now everyone knows him as Little Tortilla Boy. <laughs> little Tortilla Boy, you know. And then, uh, yeah. But you Mark also, Wahlberg, do you do right? do you? Oh, Mark Wahlberg was great. You nailed that earlier. 
Yeah, um, he's in. Well, he's in every movie too. So he's in, he could be in there. You know, hey, what are you doing in my movie? Hey, man, how about a Wahlburger? Okay. <laughs> um, um, and then I know you've done Keanu Reeves. Who else um, have you done? You've oh, did, didn't you do Chris Rock? Chris Rock. Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> I learned that from Jimmy Fallon. Chris Rock. There you go. You gotta do it like this. That took me. Usually, I can nail him right immediately. There's a guy named Steve Kramer, a friend of mine. This guy, he, he go do uh, do any like do uh, the guy from Fantasy Island or something. He, he gets it down. Chris Rock, man, I would I would just go, man, I got how can I had to listen to myself over the phone. I had to call myself and then listen to it. Hey, Pablo, and then Jimmy Fallon. When you, when you see Jimmy Fallon, he goes, Hey, what are you working on? What impersonations are you working on? And I go, Okay, I'm working on uh, Charlie Sheen. He goes, do Charlie Sheen. And so I do Charlie Sheen. He goes, no, you got to make it more Carsony. All right, Charlie Sheen. And, he, and the way Jimmy would pull out his jaw, try that. And I go, okay. And he goes, what else are you working on? I go, oh, I go, I go, I go this is kind of stock, meaning that a lot of people doing it and heard it. I go, I'm doing Tony Montana on uh, FaceTime. And he goes, I go, hey, man, screw you, man. I, I said the F word, F you, man. He goes, no, poke you, poke you, Pablo. So when I see Jimmy, I always go, okay, he'll, 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 he'll take me in the way. He'll tune me up a little bit. He goes, try it this way. Put your put your put your chin out. And I go, oh, all right, I got that. And uh, there's, you know, trying to look for some. There's like right back in the day, man. Dude, everyone had a different personality, so you could do Dennis Hopper. If anyone knows who he is, and then you got Casey Casey. But everybody does that. It's probably a little old, Casey. But uh, you know, I'm trying to Howard Stern. Come on, you're looking hot, and. You put them all, all in like a, you know, like a radio intro. <laughs> Get rid of This is Gene Simmons. This is Billy Idol. This is Mick Jagger. This is DMX. That's Randy Travis. This is Ozzy Osbourne. You're listening to the Q. That kind of thing. So kind of put them together. So looking for some new ones. Yeah, I, it's, I love when you do sort of like the mashups like that, and they're like kind of talking back and forth within the movie trailer. That, I feel like that that's when you really get into it, man, when you intersperse the movie trailer in between. Oh, yeah. You can just, you know, you got to... I was just trying to, I was trying to do something for COVID and then, you know, trying to get Keanu, you know, everyone, whoa, Keanu, but, you know, my friend's working on this. My friend's, my best friend does craft service and he, I go, what are you working on this? And he goes, I'm working on the matrix and I'm working on with Jamie Foxx. And I go, so what's, what's up with the Bill and Ted? I don't know how many Bill and Ted's they came out with. Did he come out with one or two? Because he was, uh, he, he goes, yeah, man, he was, he was dude, Keanu, he, every time I look out the window, dude, he's, he's, he's in, he's doing headlocks. He's doing he's shooting guns. I go, really? It makes me want to set with him like three weeks ago. Uh, oh no, on the Matrix, the last one they did. And I just go, you know, I mean, when he does Bill and Ted, does he know that he's because he has a long hair still, you know? So it's like John Wick is whoa. John Wick. Okay, we have two. How many John Wicks we got out there? And he's just blowing people away. And now he's hey, party on. So it's like uh these guys are just movie after movie. So I'm trying to get Keanu Reeves in a different way, but I just don't know. How to, hey, whoa, hey, I love you. <laughs> I think I think you might have stumbled upon the new way because the joke just the joke just wrote itself. I'm laughing. Oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You, you just said you just said a friend of yours was doing craft services on yeah. the Matrix, which is you know that's like for our listeners, that's like you know the the food and stuff on a set, right? Oh yeah, so, yeah. This is so you're service. like you're like you're doing craft services on the Matrix where there is no spoon. <laughs> no, there's no spoon, bro. Listen, man, party on. Yeah, no, but yeah. I just want my food in between the shots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want a steak, bro. Right on. Hey, one, get you right there and there. Oh, God, that's funny. And then did uh, it was it's funny because uh my friend was working, my friend comes to you know, he comes to the house and he goes, he goes, hey, he goes, hey Pablo, I'm working on this movie called Kill Bill. 
I went, okay, it's from Quentin Tarantino. I, I just met the guy, Paula. Kind of, kind of a weird guy. And I go, oh, so how long is the movie? And he goes, it's two movies. So they're going through the movie set, right? They're, he's, you know, it's right down the street. And then he goes, hey, man, you got to come in. You got to see what this, this set, dude. There's chopped off heads. You got to come. So I go, all right, well, I'll go. So I get there and, uh, and it's Quentin Tarantino's walking. He goes, don't talk to him right now. He's thinking about the, set, the, the scene. I go, what's the scene with, right? So there's a camera sitting on a tripod and it's a one camera shoot. And I'm right, I'm sitting there eating a pot sticker. Going, all right, I'm just going to probably say hi to him, maybe. And Quentin Tarantino goes, all right, everybody here. And he backs up. His butt, I swear to God, is like right, almost touching my, my, my belly. I go, and my friend goes, just keep quiet. And he goes, everybody else, get David Carradine. David Carradine walks out and he grabs his sword and he goes, hey, you guys ready to do this? I'm like sitting right, by, I mean, it's getting squashed by his butt. I'm going, oh my God. And they do this, uh, this scene with uh, David Carradine. He's call off the mission. You will do it now. And he messes up his lines. He goes, and everyone stops. And he goes, you okay, David? And David goes, one moment, let me get this down. All right, I'm ready. And he does that, that if you've seen Kill Bill, he does this scene where he's like, calling off this mission or something and he's putting his sword down. And as soon as he ends, he goes, you did it, right? David Carradine throws a kick, like a little kung fu kick. And then Quint, Q, they call him QT. He looks at me and goes, who are you? And I just go, oh, I, go, I brought in the pot stickers. And he goes, he goes oh, okay. And uh, that was my little... My little thing, I was just going, man, I was in the movie. I was in kind of the movie. I was like behind him. Like, it looked like I was, you know, doing hut one, hut two with the guy. And, uh, you know, seeing that part, I was going, oh, well, okay. And I saw the movie and it was kind of crazy. And that craft service, my craft service buddy, just, it's been crazy ever since. And I mean, every single week. You've been great and hilarious, as expected. Well, thanks, bro. Come to the show. We do all the talking. The lights go down. Save the conversation for later. All right. Thanks, man. You got it, man. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.